0: I'm Beth, And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast. Where I pick the podcast. And I shut my cake home.
1: And today we will be talking about episode 21 of the first season of Supernatural, titled Salvation. Jamie, what do you think? Meg. Yes, I love her, I love her, I love her.
0: Meg. Mm-hmm.
1: She's perfect. She can Meg. do no wrong. You look so gleeful. I've never seen you so happy about Supernatural, except about Missouri. Meg. I'm sorry, but also Meg Meg I love her what is your favorite Meg thing about this episode or what do you love about Meg let's delve into this
0: I'm gonna jump ahead quite a bit when Meg calls them yeah and like Sam is so surprised mm. he's like I watched you fall from like seven, seven stories yeah and she's like what like it was hard <laughs> you know like she's just like I don't know what to tell you mate like I'm fine like I'm a Demon, I'm assuming, some form of...
1: Yeah, she's a demon, (laughs) yeah.
0: Supernatural entity, I was sort of assuming demon based on the whole, like, black Black eyes thing. She fucking set a trap that almost killed you, your brother and your father. Mm -hmm. Like, do you really think that falling was going to kill her? Yeah, she's got higher up
1: connections, buddy. Like, (laughs) she's above your pay grade. I love Meg. I love her so much. I'm really glad that she became a recurring character. She's really fun. And one of the things that I do love about her is that she's very competent. You know how sometimes they have villains that make stupid mistakes and like that's kind of how they get the like they hero yeah. to overthrow them. Yeah. Meg is just consistently competent and like yeah, they sort of defeat her in some time like some ways, but she's just so good at what she does. Even in this episode, you know, she's going and she's very strategic. She's like, I know how to get John to come to me. I'm not going to go chasing him into his battleground where he can set me a trap. No, I'm going to go and I'm going to kill his friends and I'm going to make him listen to it. And he's going to come to me and he's going to do what
0: I want him to do. And I'm like, bitch, that's one hell of a plan. (laughs) Also, it means that we got... What is, I think, my favourite shot I've seen so far in the entire season. season. Yeah. The scene of Meg descending down the stairs in the church with the stained glass behind her. Holy shit, what a gorgeous shot.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful. And the symbolism as well of, like, the demon literally descending into the pit beneath the church. I I actually love the fact that the basement of the church is just, like, this heavily armoured, like, arsenal. I'm kind of like, how did no one notice this? Like, obviously, Pastor Jim, by the way, Pastor Jim... I was right we do meet him for an episode and he immediately dies same with caleb i did forget about caleb but in my defense he dies within about 30 seconds of being introduced so i don't think that's on me but yeah like obviously pastor jim knows about it but like can you imagine if they're like having like a congregation they're like oh i'm just gonna go downstairs and get some like extra chairs or whatever like you know and they're like huh jim do you know about all these guns <laughs> just like I don't know, little old Betty who's just tottered down to get like another another
0: folding table from the church basement. And there's also that moment where Pastor Dim is—he's just so baffled. He's like, "But this is hollowed ground!" And she's like, "She's literally that powerful, you know what I yeah. mean?" Yeah, she's like, mm, "Seems like a you problem."
1: <laughs> I love her. She's fantastic, and I oh god, I don't actually know the actress that plays her. She understood the assignment. Yeah. Nikki Aycox? Her surname is A-Y-C-O-X, so I assume Aycox. But yeah, she really, she understood the assignment. She plays her f- fantastically and like the energy that she brings to the role. She feels threatening. Yes. And that's but, not like, always easy to
0: achieve. But she also feels threatening in like an understated way. Yeah. It's not like a, oh, look at me, fucking flex. I'm so big and strong and powerful and you're never going to defeat me. She's like, like uh-huh. I'm
1: smarter than you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a different kind of...
0: Um, it's like the... I knew you were going to underestimate me.
1: Yeah, or like, huh, you would have thought it would be that easy to, to yeah. dispose of me. Like, no, I'm here. And guess what? I'm killing your friends. And if you don't do what I want you to do, guess what I'm going to continue to do? Kill your yes. friends. Yeah, she's just fantastic. Although, I really hate that they had her use the line you throw like a girl. That annoyed me because I was like, you've got this incredible female character who, like we're saying, she's consistently shown to be really smart, really competent, really on top of the game. Like we said, she's played phenomenally phenomenally. She has great one liners. And then they're like, you throw like a girl. And I'm like, did we have to did we have to have the sexism? Do we have to have emasculation as uh like insult tactic? Like, did we need to do that? Was that necessary? You could have, she could have easily said something to the effect of like, nice shot. Or like, a little off there. Or like, you missed. Because he does miss by like a 10 centimeter margin. Or even just like, maybe try again. And then like immediately rips his heart out. Like, you're just like, oh, try again. And like she throws it back and it like thuds into the wall, like next to his head or something or above his eyes. Like, Mm. there are so many ways that you could have had a threatening comeback that wasn't sexist. And that wasn't using emasculation as yeah. the like insult, you know. Yeah. And anyway, I just that that annoyed me. But in general, Meg, what a babe! Yeah, Chef's Kiss. They did top tier character.
0: I I don't know what it is, but they did something there, you know. Yeah, and it was
1: good. The chemistry is really good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Quickly
1: before we move on from sexism, I just want to point out this one scene, which is it's literally like maybe a minute long. And it serves no narrative purpose. When they're all, like, they've split up to go to the hospitals and look for the documentation. And Dean walks in and immediately hits on who I assume is a receptionist. And she asks, is there anything I can do for you? And he hits her with, oh, God, yes. And then says, but unfortunately, I'm working at the moment. And it's like, that's the end of the scene. That's it. That was so unnecessary. It did not need to happen. It's so inappropriate. It could be removed from the episode. You would not know it was missing. We learn nothing. We don't learn anything about a character. That's we do not even about how they
0: find out who is going to die. Yeah,
1: she doesn't even give them any relevant information. Sam gets the relevant information. Because he's
0: psychic. Because he's psychic. They brought that back,
1: which I thought you would want to talk about. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you finish your point, but then I'm oh. going to talk about Sam being psychic. <clears throat> I was pretty much done. I just wanted to point out that it just seemed like, A, it's gross. B, it's completely unnecessary. Like, there was no reason for that scene to be included, quite honestly. They could remove it from, like, you know how sometimes they edit episodes Mm. that have gone into a streaming service? They could take that 60-second piece of film out of the episode. It would change absolutely nothing fundamentally about the episode. It would just make me a little less mad about it. Mm. You know? Anyway,
0: carry on. Sam is psychic, and we love it. Or at least I love it. (laughs) I'm not so much going to talk about Sam being psychic. I'm going to talk about John's reaction to Sam being psychic. Oh, my God, yeah. Because he goes, and I quote, you call me. I know. And I'm like, what? So you can, like, not, not answer? Not answer? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, and
1: Dean's reaction to this is perfect. Because, like we were saying last episode, like, he the influence of Sam, I think, he's sort of... Actually, no. Like, I am going to talk back to you a little bit, you know. And I'm going to tell you what I think.
0: He sees that Sam actually does get away with it. And that it doesn't yeah. make John... Treat Dean treat better. Dean better. But it also doesn't make... John treats Sam worse. Yeah. Like, I think he's starting to realise that his father is not the be-all, end-all. Yeah, I agree. And I also think it's just, like, the influence of
1: Sam. Like, you know when you talk to someone and you, like, get to understand their ideals mm-hmm. and stuff and, like, their point of view? I think it's also a matter of, like, Dean's been hunting with Sam without John for, like, a year. Yeah. It's, they're bound to This is to the longest they have other. been
0: hunting together
1: Without Without John. John. And you're bound to have your dynamic and your thoughts and opinions change when you spend a lot of time with one person and, you know, you're back and forth with them a lot without any other outside forces interrupting. Yeah, so the fact that John doesn't know about Sam's visions is, like, point one. And then, yeah, you make a great point. Like, you tried to get in touch with John on multiple occasions and he even points out, it's like, you didn't pick up the phone when we were in Lawrence. You didn't pick up the phone when I was dying... You can't expect us to, like, what are you asking for us to do? You wouldn't answer the fucking phone. And I think he says, trying to get you on the phone is like trying to win the lottery.
0: I found that was a really interesting, interesting line Because I actually have it in, like, the shot where they're driving into the city at the very start of the episode. Yeah. They have, like, a lotto jackpot, $1.7 million. Yeah,
1: yeah. And it leaving salvation. I thought that was really, really fun from, like, a set design, like
0: calling back before the lines even spoken sort of thing yeah but uh, yeah
1: yeah and even the idea of just like leaving salvation like they're literally going towards the demonic energies I do really appreciate that John then accepts, like, he's like, yeah, okay, good point, I guess. But to be fair, like, what fucking argument could he possibly have? Because they're right. Like, they have the evidence that they're right.
0: And all they have to say is, we would have fucking told you when you picked up the phone. Would you like to look at my call history? (laughs) Um, We we tried to contact you. You were... Yeah. Um, I or?
1: may as well have tried to send a note via Carrier Pigeon for all the fucking good it was doing trying to call you.
0: And it's also like he's not just gonna leave like a voicemail that's like, oh hey dad, I'm psychic now. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, <laughs> exactly. Sorry, um,
0: his Sam's just more like, oh hey dad, I'm psychic now.
1: <laughs> Sam wouldn't tell him anyway, would he? One of the other things is that John actually says to Dean, like, you know, you're right. And then he says something along the lines of like, I don't know that I like this new attitude. Like, did you notice that?
0: I didn't notice that.
1: Yeah, he says something about like, you know, you're right, but I don't appreciate the new attitude that you've got. And it's sort of like, it does kind of hammer home again, the fact that we've made a lot already this episode and also last episode, which is John is not used to Dean voicing his opinion or rather not used to him disagreeing with him. He's used to it coming from Sam. And I think that's just another instance of like, Oh, this is unusual behaviour from Dean. Dean is usually quiet when John is around. He usually lets John make those calls and lets John just be right. But having Sam's influence for the last year, he's actually standing up for himself and saying,
0: Hey, no, actually, you're wrong. And this is why. And
1: saying Maybe even
0: like yes, I do think some of it's like Sam's influence, but even just like not being around John. Oh, absolutely. And growing himself as a person learning his worth as a person without John there constantly cutting him down for what he's doing. Yeah not being stuck under his thumb or in his shadow. Yeah
1: like earning his own worth. Yeah absolutely. I wanted to ask you a quick question about Sam. I just thought while we're on this particular scene where John, Sam and Dean are having the discussion in the motel room about various happenings. I wanted to touch on Sam coming to the him coming to the realisation, but more so him thinking that Mary and Jess were targeted because of him. Because we learn that the demon is coming for babies when they are turned six months. And Sam's immediate interpretation of that is, oh, it's my fault that Mary died. And it's my, like, therefore it is definitely my fault that Jess died. Because the common denominator is me. The demon was coming for me. And in both cases, the women close to me died. I just think that's an interesting jump for him to make because he's essentially saying it's my fault for existing because like as a six-month-old, what could he possibly have done to warrant a demon coming to harm him or, or, you know, it's an interesting leap, I think.
0: I haven't really thought about it from that angle. I mean, it's kind of part of the course with his whole... Like, because he's already said he felt guilty because he was dreaming of it leading up to Jess's death. So it's like I just sort of like lumped it in with the rest of his internalised guilt. Yeah. What I want to know though is why would it go after Jess? It is a demon. It has a pre-established pattern where it goes after babies that are six months old. Exactly. I want to know though, sidetrack. Yeah. Do they have to be exactly six months old? Is it showing up like if the baby was born at like 3.30 in the morning, is it showing up (laughs) dead on 3.30? Or is it like... If, if the baby died, if the baby was born at 10, does the mother die at 10? Like, do you know? Is it time specific as well as day specific? If so, what happens if a baby was born, like, exactly on midnight?
1: That's Would a it, come it, good question. Well, I guess I know what the demon is doing. Yeah. So I don't want to talk to it in case I give something away. But interesting follow-up question from me. What do you think the demon is doing with these six-month-old babies? Like, why do you think it... And I mean, what do you think the connection
0: is there at all? I'm interested to see what you think, because obviously I know. I don't know what the point of it is, is the thing. Yeah. Like, obviously it's targeting these kids for some reason, and I don't think it's a massive leap to assume that the psychic powers that some of these children are now displaying later on in life, Yeah, namely uh, Sam and the other one that we saw in... Oh, um... I can't, he, died, a nightmare. He, he, he was a nightmare at the and, end. But he had telekinetic powers yeah um, and it's strongly suggested that sam also has locked up essentially unexplored tele- telekinetic yeah. powers as well so it's very clear that there is something about this that is changing the children mm-hmm. but i don't know what's doing it so i can't make a thesis as to what its end goal is if that makes sense yeah no. like they haven't actually told us what it is yet they haven't given us the evidence to know what it is yet mm. so it's like I don't know.
1: You don't have enough information. Yeah.
0: Yeah. To form like a cohesive theory.
1: Building onto that, you asked or you mentioned a moment ago about if
0: the demon comes for the babies, why did Jess die? Yeah. Why bother with Jess? It doesn't make sense to me at this point because it's Jess wasn't a threat to it and Sam wasn't really a threat to it either. In fact, Sam would be less of a threat to it if it had left Jess alive because he would be back at Stanford. True. So I don't know what it's... Forming, maybe it needs the babies to be mentally unstable or something but
1: i mean you you don't have any there's no real wrong answer at this point i'm just genuinely curious because obviously i know the reasons and i know the hows and the whys and the whens and and all these intricacies it's funny because i haven't told you this but you actually touched on something like a few episodes ago that was like on point like pretty dead on and so it's fun to kind of ask you like oh okay like future plot like what do you think because sometimes you like give a throwaway comment and i'm like "Mm, well you'll just have to like wait and see i guess and i'm like fuck how did she pick that that's like exactly what happened or sometimes you say something and i'm like yeah she's completely fucking off base on that like (laughs) you know and so it's it's interesting and i think it's fun as someone who's seen it before And I think it will be fun to go back to, to be like, oh...
0: Here you were joking, but you were correct. And here you were completely serious, but you were way off. Way off,
1: yeah. And so I think... And like I said, like, it's happened, like, you don't know yet, but you were right about something that you mentioned, like, episodes now back.
0: Now I want to know
1: what it is. Exactly, which is why I waited till now to point it out, you know. And so I think that once you understand how this plotline develops, you'll go, oh, and and come back to it. And I really hope we didn't take out of those episodes like whatever it is that you're right about, because I don't remember whose job it is to edit <laughs> or who edited that episode. Do you remember which episode it is? Nope. <laughs> I just know it was a few ago. Anyway. Shall we return to the bullshit opinions? I think we shall return to the bullshit opinions. I know we spent a lot of time last episode talking about John, so I don't want to harp on about it again this episode, even though it would be... Like, we could talk a lot about John again this episode I want to talk about John in this episode oh okay sweet okay. well then go on then ignore me we can talk about John we are returning
0: to the pilot episode mm-hmm. he's pinning shit to walls again I, know, I knew you were gonna
1: do I was watching it I was like oh no he's made another call <laughs> for I, wa- I was watching the little montage they did of all the things and I was like, oh, Jamie's going to be
0: so pissed. Come on, dude. Oh, Respect God. the places you're staying at. It's not that hard. That's also the worst way to set up your space to be able to pull it down rapidly and quickly. Why?
1: I know. It's, it's shocking.
0: <laughs> Invest in a fucking corkboard. It's <laughs> not that hard. And you've got that
1: big fancy trunk with all the fucking shit in it, but you don't have, like... Ten bucks to spend on a fucking corkboard. One of the things I wanted to mention about John is, like, I know last episode we gave him a bit of shit about him not actually being a very effective hunter because he keeps getting himself into stupid situations and Sam and Dean have to keep sort of helping him out and then he's like, I don't need you because I don't want you to, like, be in danger or whatever. You've already put them in danger. It's too yeah. late for
0: that. All you can
1: do now. You chose to put them in danger when Dean was fucking four and Sam was six months old. Like, you can't backtrack on that now. No,
0: you made this decision. Now what you've got to do is make sure your sons are equipped... With the knowledge and resources they need to not fucking die. Yeah, exactly.
1: But I do want to mention that I think him making the giant tank of holy water was smart. Yes. Like, I think that was clever. Like, as much as we give him shit, that was a smart move. And it did come in handy. I do just want to mention, though, the return of one of our previously mentioned phenomenon, which is possessed clothing. (laughs) Um, <laughs> it's made a comeback from what was it, Phantom Traveler? Yes, we were talking about why is the shirt burning? Is the shirt possessed? Well, now shoes are also possessed,
0: possessed. with Phantom Traveler. At it's it's just going, going the skin clothes. underneath. Like maybe it's just like it's seeping through the clothes, getting the skin underneath, and the skin's burning, so it's causing the.
1: Like yeah a shirt the shirt to burn. to burn like this is fucking rubber the shoes are just smoking yeah. away and then they're like ow and i'm like how are you saying ow those look like steel cap boots it's definitely not gone through yet because you're still fully standing and i don't know i don't know i just thought it was funny to have the uh the return of but also possessed that's the, shoes i,
0: I want to know if you put a demon in a hazmat suit And, like, made them take a holy water shower, what would it do? Would it go through the hazmat suit? The
1: hazmat suit just starts smoking uncontrollably.
0: (laughs) Like, we've established it can get through clothes. We've established it can get through shoes. What if you did something that was effectively watertight and water can't get through to, like, the demon underneath? Would the clothes still burn? Do you know what
1: I kind of want to know?
0: This is, like, similar but not. So water is
1: recycled right like it rains down it ends up in like a pond or whatever the and then it evaporates yeah. and then it goes into the sky and then it rains down does holy water ever stop being holy water like it has been blessed once does that
0: molecule remain blessed
1: or does that have like a the-
0: shelf life i'm just imagining going to like a hunter supermarket though and you <laughs> aisle and having like the bottled holy water like the expiration date <laughs>
1: Oh, that's so funny can you imagine the marketing on that kind of product ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, capitalism but like i'm imagining right so for example john's just blessed this entire like water tank There's like i would suggest a couple thousand liters worth of water in there right yeah like water t- is a fairly sizable water mm. tank you'd be surprised how many liters things can hold mm. i'd say maybe even like five to ten thousand liters in there right mm. Does that five to 10,000 litres of holy water that then trickles down the drain remain holy water when it's, like, in the sewerage or whatever? And then when it inevitably gets evaporated back up into the solar system... Solar system, you know what I mean? The, back into At- the atmosphere. atmosphere. Fucking solar system, what am I talking about? It's not space rain, Bethany. <laughs> but science. Does it then rain down still as holy water? So if you were a demon just, like, prancing around in the rain,
0: would you just get, like, a random drop that would fucking hurt? But then it also, like, begs the question, if he's blessed that entire tank of holy water... Why don't they bless the oceans? Yeah! Like, what is the maximum amount of water you can bless at a time? Like, what are the limitations on holy water?
1: I would assume it would be, like, the volume of the container, but then you could literally bless the ocean...
0: And, like, bold. we have
1: multiple oceans, but they're all joins because that's the how the fucking ocean works. So I guess you would just bless the entire And also the thing is
0: because most of the oceans also connect up to rivers, etc. and mm. lakes. All of them Freshwater would be blessed systems. now. And then the only things that you would have to go through and like, bless individually are, like, landlocked ponds. lakes and ponds. Could you And then if have it blessed, would that just, like, flush demons out from being able to go outside when it's raining?
1: Do you reckon if you had – because do you remember in home when yeah. they were trying to banish the poltergeist – and they had to put the hex bags in each like corner, corner of the like house. north, south, yeah. east, and west corners. Yeah. Do you think if you could have someone on the most northern, most southern, most eastern, and most western like points? Although it doesn't work because uh, it's a yeah. globe. But I guess maybe each country's most northern, western, eastern. If it's like in relation yeah. to the. And then I guess what I'm saying is internally. Well, I'm in area. I more mean, like, Australia's an island, right? Yeah. If we had someone in, like, the top of WA, top of Queensland, bottom of WA, and, like, Tassie, and then you had one person in each of those locations, those, like, four points, all on, like, a video call, doing the blessing at the same time, and then they all chuck the little, which you shouldn't, because littering and bad for dolphins and the environment at large, you put the little cross ornament in the ocean, would that then bless the general coast of Australia? Would it reach New Zealand? This is These are real questions that I have. The Kiwis would be so lucky. Honestly, Jacinda's probably onto it. <laughs> She's organised. But does
0: the fact that it's salt water make a difference? Also, are we blessing animals now? Like, could you bless a lake? Could you bless an ocean? Yeah. Could you bless... Like, what is, like, the maximum amount of water What's you can bless at capacity? a time? Could you bless, like... Do you cool. have to be able to see the entire thing of what, Like, is that what it is? In which case you couldn't bless the ocean because you can't see the entirety of the ocean. Like, is it just what you can physically see? Or is it, like, about all the water that's touching other water?
1: Here's another question. Does water remain blessed once it's changed
0: form? Like, form. if it becomes steam, is it still holy water? Yeah. If or is it's... it still holy water ice?
1: Well, that's what I was
0: just going to say. Could you bless a glacier? Or well, that's making me think of it. Do you remember, like, back twenty like fourteen Tumblr? Like, there were all these things about, like, how to do the perfect murder. And was like, oh, yeah. Use, like, an icicle as, like, a... Yeah, so like, it melts. could you do an icicle... A blessed... A blessed, like, holy water icicle and kill, like, demons with it? Would that work? Could you stab a demon with a... An icy pole? Yeah. Like a
1: super duper Just, like, <laughs> like... Oh, God. See, and here's the other thing. Could you bless anything with a concentration of water? Because, like... Could you bless a zooper-duper? Could you? Well, he, okay, here's my question. I have a lot of questions. Here's another question. If I were to, I've got a drink bottle here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hear it. Slosh. Wow. If I blessed the contents of this drink bottle and then drank it, and then the water molecules, as they do, diffused through the cell oh, membranes into my like into my being, am I then blessed? Oh, you could kill demons with your hands like Harry Potter. Like or like my saliva. Like if I spat at someone. Could I like would that like Jenny the vampire What if I cried? Like could I use my tears to defeat demons? Could I just like bend over them and sob? What's the limit? What if what if I blessed a water tank and then I filled a watering can up from that water tank and then I watered a tree? If it's a fruit could,
0: tree, would then the fruit become like
1: could I then feed like a, an unsuspecting demon like a mandarin and have them just like burst into smoke like their mouth just starts like burning or like could I then, I don't know, stab them with a branch of the tree? Okay, let's move I on need to, to stop other things about
0: chemistry. That are also incredibly frivolous. <laughs> There's another thing that I saw and I wanted to tell you about. Umbrella use!
1: Yes! I noticed this too! Ever umbrella use! Since, ever since I mentioned
0: that you never see umbrellas,
1: I think we've seen umbrellas in like another two or three episodes after that. Yeah, it's but like Peppa's gonna be excited, umbrella use. I love that Sam was just being rained on. <laughs> This woman had her umbrella and I was like, perfect.
0: Look at them go. Really love it. Which, by the way, that would be creepy as fuck. If I was like walking my kid.
1: Oh my god, yeah, right.
0: I don't know why he didn't just pretend to be like looking for directions or something.
1: He was holding a map. Like it would have made sense.
0: (laughs) It really confused me because I'm like, okay, yeah, but that's creepy. Like you said you live like a block
1: away. Exactly. Why did you cross the street to talk to me and my infant child? One other thing I wanted to bring up because I got very sidetracked. From talking about John, yeah. Sorry. That no. This is not your fault. If anything, that was my fault. Now I think I have made it abundantly clear I am not a John Winchester apologist.
0: I know about you, but I wish John Winchester was my father.
1: Oh, that's a hot take.
0: <laughs> yep. I just, you know, I I looked at my life and you, I thought to myself, you know what I'm really missing? Some, you know, father issues, some daddy You're like, issues. I need you know? more daddy
1: issues. I was like, I
0: need more daddy issues, like. I'm far too, like, mentally well-adjusted. Yeah. Like, I need some sort of complex here. Like, uh-huh. it's making me boring as a person, you know?
1: You're like, I need more personality. I know. Yeah. And I like, wish
0: I had more trauma. <laughs> yeah. But also, like, John Winchester's never wrong. Yeah. Like, he can... He, he really just tried his best with his sons, you know? Yeah. Parent never, of the year. Yeah, parent of the year. Like...
1: Never missed a PTA yeah. meeting. Yes, no. I've made it abundantly clear. I don't like John as a parent as a character, fascinating. Fantastic. As a parent, shit. When he gets quite emotional in this episode and he says, I just want it to be over. I want, and he's addressing Sam, I want you to go to school. And he says, I want Dean to have a home. That fucking destroyed me. I was like, oh my god. And and then I want Mary to be alive. So it's like, he's like, he wants what Sam wants. He wants what Dean wants. He wants what he wants and it's like it was the one time where i was like oh man i do feel bad for you but then it immediately got retconned by like the rest of the episode so
0: didn't last very long it what gets long. me about him going to sam like i wanted you to go to school is sam fucking tried it and you didn't want to let him yeah like jesus fucking you can't in this episode say like oh i wanted like everything to be happy and healthy and normal and shit When like, Sam had a shot at that and you dragged him fucking back in.
1: Yeah, and just the fact that he immediately says, you know, he's clearly aware of what his kids want. He knows Sam wants out of the life and he knows Sam wanted to go to school and get an education and, you know, go on to something other than hunting. And he also recognises that all Dean wants is a stable home. Like, he wants a home and a family and that oh, it hurts me that he knows what his sons want. And then blatantly disregards it. Yeah. And then, like, you know, like we've said, he, he'll he tell Sam that he can't do these things and he'll just completely trivialise Dean, you know. And, and then he says that he wants he wants Mary back. And it's like, well, yeah, I'm sure if I had been in your situation, I would also want my dead wife back. But that was never going to happen. Sam and Dean could have had the things they wanted, You actively prevented it, you know, and it just, it, it broke my heart because I was like, these kids or these men now want something so simple and John wants something impossible and he's putting that impossible next to their very... In front of their possible and it's so annoying. Anyway, sorry. That's the last thing I will say about John unless you prompt it. I promise. I'm done. I promise. I'm done. <laughs> you sure you're done? Yeah. You, you've never been able to be
0: done before.
1: Uh, I think that's it. Oh, except why Meg was hitting on John. That confused me. I love Meg so much, but I do not agree with her taste in men. <laughs> I thought it was weird that she was hitting on him. That's it. That's my only... That's my last John point. Your last John point. And it was mostly about Meg, so... yeah.
0: In the house where the demon's targeting next with the baby. Right? Uh, Monica and Rosie, yeah. Monica and Rosie, yep. Yeah. There's, like, a, a, a Joker cutout thing, and it's creepy as hell. Oh, the little clown. Yeah. Yeah. Why? It's freaky. Freaky. What's funny is,
1: and this is not spoilery, so I don't mind telling you, but Sam actually is, like, deathly afraid of clowns. It's like a thing that comes up in like a later episode. He just he hates clowns. He's really scared of them. And so I thought it was like funny that they was like he's having this horrifying vision and it just kept zoning in on this clown. which is <laughs> something that's like not even established that he doesn't like yet. But like the fact that it comes in later, I just thought it was really funny because he, he was really hyper focused on this fucking clown. But also,
0: this episode did exactly what you wanted home to do, which was Not drag, like, the past into it, but, like, literally just have Sam, have some visions, drive around and recognise the house. Yeah. See, I feel like you
1: almost could have swapped these two episodes. Yeah. Like, you could have swapped this with home. Like, they're very essentially similar episodes, but a lot of the aspects about them could have been switched. Like, you only had to switch the location, actually, really. You could have had the same plot lines, but have a random house have been where home was and have their old home where Salvation was set like and then it would have been i think maybe more impactful although then maybe it would have felt a bit heavy-handed maybe we would have criticized it for that if that had been the yeah. case
0: but i guess we'll never know okay so i hate to say it but i'm gonna to return to john for a half a second okay it's it's only because he says the line so uh-huh. john says the line we're ending this tonight and all i could think of is like you've got 14 more seasons left i don't think it's ending tonight <laughs> like that's very astute if you somehow <laughs> i doubt that Also, given what I know about, like, the timeline of Supernatural, like, the Kripke era goes for the first five seasons.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. You can kind of break up the first, so the first five seasons are Kripke, Mm. but you can kind of then subdivide that into the
0: first three seasons and then the last two seasons. So, one, two, three, four, and five. I was sort of assuming that, like, this is going to be the big bad villain for at least a couple of seasons, not, like... Yeah, sure. Not, like, just one season and then have it move completely on to, like, a new... Something thing. else. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Oh, they I think could be wrong. They have the overpowered gun. They do. That was really conveniently found, like, the episode before this, like... Mm. On uh, the gun? Yeah. Now, last week you mentioned... The convenience? The convenience.
1: But you also mentioned the five bullets. Now... They used one or John used one, one. to kill the vampire, one. so there's yep. four left. Yeah. Sam in this episode tries and fails to shoot the demon, meaning there's only three bullets left. Yeah. I just thought I'd chuck that in there as like a tracker. Okay. <laughs> Cuz just yeah, just remembering there's only three bullets left because um once they're used up, the gun is used, the gun's useless. It's just like it just becomes a normal prop after that. It's just yeah. a gun. Doesn't have any special abilities once those three bullets use, So this is not really important specifically. I just wanted to, like, make note of it. That
0: seems like a, a thing with absolutely no artillery motives, Beth. There's <laughs> obviously swear, no like, reason why that it's going to be important how many shots they have left. No, like, I just... I like, mean, like they said when they were hunting the thing that needed to be electrocuted, uh, they've only got one shot at this. Uh, that case, it was like 10,000 uh, volts of electricity. Uh, yeah. No, 100,000 volts 100, of electricity. That's right, yeah. In this case, it's... Three bullets left. Yeah. You know, no reason for you to be mentioning it. That's never going to be important. You're <laughs> you know,
1: obviously. It's so funny because I know how it sounds, but quite genuinely, I don't remember how those three bullets are used up.
0: I'm just making. So a... the really convenient gun's going to be not important at <laughs> going forward, basically. <laughs> for fuck's
1: sake i feel like i'm digging myself a huge hole but like my point is like i just wanted to make point of the fact that they wasted a bullet on a vampire where they didn't need to use it and they wasted a bullet well not necessarily wasted but it was used and wasn't used for like to get the demon nothing they've already missed two shots essentially and i just wanted to like point that out (laughs) <laughs> I can see the clock like the cogs whirring in your brain, trying to be like, now, what does this mean for the future of the gun and how does the plot and how does the demon and <laughs> she
0: says there's only three bullets and the way you're saying that makes me think that maybe they're not gonna use it on the actual thing that's burning women to death on ceilings. Which, by the way, this episode, right, so they like they, they do like the thing with like it's obviously a while I'm not too bad yeah. about the effects, it's neither here nor there. But then why does the crib set a light?
1: You know, I did wonder that as well, watching the episode. And the yeah. only thing that I can think is that maybe it's like...
0: Because how can every I say other iteration it we've had of this is like the woman's burned to death on the ceiling. Not... Like the baby's been like fine, unless they happen to die in the fire, which is rare. Yeah. As far as I can tell. Like most of the time, it's like the father gets them out of the house. And by most of the time, I mean the two occasions in which we've seen this happen. Look, I don't
1: want to give anything away. But without trying to be too spoilery... Obviously, the demon is there for a reason. Because the demon couldn't finish whatever it was there to do, I assume it's a kind of a, well, if I can't have it, no one can sort of mentality. And so it's just like, like I'm just going to kill the baby. That's the, that's the least spoilery way I can think of kind of elaborating on that point. Generally speaking, demons want to cause upset and they want to cause harm and it couldn't do what it came there to do but it could still cause harm by killing the baby and luckily dean grabs her just in time and rose little rosie is fine as is uh monica and her husband whose name i forget i actually don't know if they mention it but i think it's just a matter of like it couldn't achieve what it came there to do and so it just wanted to achieve something and if that something was just traumatizing this family then that's what it would take i also wanted to point out Again, kind of irrelevant. But every fucking woman that burns on the ceiling is always wearing a fucking nighty. Every time.
0: Mary, Mary was wearing, wearing a, a Monica
1: was wearing a nighty. Even Jess was wearing, like, a slip, which is like a nighty, But, like, it wasn't the, like, white long one like the others. But still, I don't know why it sticks out to me, but it does. They're all wearing, like, essentially the same fucking thing. It's like, it's the symbolism not enough? One thing that I did want to talk about is, obviously, like, uh, once the fire has spread through the nursery and they've got the family out you see the silhouette of the demon still in the room Um, and Sam is like desperately trying to get back in. He's like, let me back in, let me back in. And Dean says, no, like it's suicide. And Sam says, I don't care. And Dean says, well, I do, you know, and, and stops him. And for me, it was like after the conversation that Sam and John had in the last episode about how they're actually really similar in their like quest for revenge for Mary and Jess and seeing how John put literally everything else, including his life as children, aside for the revenge quest and seeing how Sam has thrown away the idea of Stanford and is willing to throw his life away. And even John is willing to, we see in the end of the episode, he says he doesn't expect to get out of this in one piece. Um, Or actually, that might have been the end of the last episode even. But he he mentions it. Basically, they're both happy to die for this cause. And it's only Dean who was like, I don't want you guys to do that. Like, this is not worth dying over. If, if it means that you die, then I don't want to catch the demon. And, you know, and then he and Sam end up having this argument, which is actually a complete inverse of the pilot, where Dean says to Sam, he's like, you even said it yourself, killing this thing won't bring Mary or won't bring mum back and it won't bring Jess back. And in an inverse of the pilot, Sam grabs Dean, shoves him up against the wall and gets so angry and says, don't you say that. Like, don't you, you know, speak of them like that. Not you. And, like, that's that's a complete reversal from what we had in the pilot where they're on the bridge and Dean, you know, is upset and Sam says, whatever we do, it's not going to bring mum back. And Dean throws Sam against the side of the bridge and he's like, you know, don't talk like that. You don't know what you're talking about. Essentially, I think it comes down to, like, Dean is seeing... He knows what it's done to John very intimately. And he's seeing what it's doing to Sam. And I think he's kind of realized, like, he would rather not kill the demon than he would lose Sam and John. Like, they are all he has. And he just wants to keep what he has left. He's already lost so much. He doesn't want to lose them again. um, And he certainly doesn't want to lose them in a way that they
0: can't come back from wow that was very deep i i have no response i okay my my take is not that deep what was your take they really go all in with this whole like she was hope helpless and defenseless and like it's my fault therefore i've got to go and revenge revenge avenge her death yeah so so like a whole lot of you know masculine bullshit
1: I mean, the whole the, show is mostly masculine bullshit. I mean, that's... starting their judgment, meaning they're yeah. not
0: taking... The issue is, you know how, like, there's always, like... Every cop show ever has, like, that one case where like, it's, like... You can't be here. You're too close, close to, to this. this. It's, like... Route 666 even did it. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is the textbook definition of, like, you were too close to this. Yeah. They are going to get people killed because they are going in half coped Yeah. And not taking the time to actually make a plan. It's like the whole, you know, Meg and the Gun thing, which like just sort of proves, at least in my brain, that the gun is decently powerful if Meg's willing to go to all of this effort to acquire it. Like it's obviously like there is some basis to it. I would like to know how Meg found out about the gun. The only people who know about the gun were Sam, Dean, John, who are mm-hmm. obviously not going around telling people. Yeah. And then like any vampires that survive. Mm -hmm. But the vampires that survived don't necessarily know it's that specific gun. So I want to know how Meg found out.
1: I don't know if they ever confirm it in canon, but here is what I would assume. I would assume that Meg's higher up doesn't just have Meg working for them. If I was a demonic being that knew there was one thing that could kill me and I knew where it was... I would have people watching that place. I would keep track of the gun that could kill everything. And I would put people but watching the house.
0: Why would they steal it earlier on then? Well, because there might not be a reason
1: to. Like, it's, it was safe where it was. It only became a threat when the Winchesters got hold of it because the Winchesters were the ones looking for something that the gun would kill. You know? Like, the guy, Elkins, who had it, had no reason to use it And he hadn't been talking to John. They had the falling out, John mentioned. So he would have no reason to give him the gun. So the demon has no reason to worry about it. It only becomes a threat when it's in the wrong hands. Like, it was fine where it was. So maybe if the house was being watched, then maybe it was like a, a little demon henchman who whispered in ears. Or, I mean, I guess the other thing is, like, Meg was tailing the boys. It's not like a huge reach to think that maybe they're also being tailed by someone else. And um, maybe they just, you know, sort of followed the whole situation with the vampires, saw a gun that could kill vampires, thought that was important to mention, and then they were like, shit. That would be my educated yeah. guess. <laughs> I do love- So we never find out? I don't think so. Not that I remember. I Like, I could be wrong. I could have forgotten. But I don't think we ever find out. I, uh, I did love that the demon that came along with Meg literally just shot her. Although, to be fair, I was surprised that it happened that way. I thought it would have been more likely that Meg would just turn and shoot him to see if it worked. I was surprised that she just... And I've seen it before. Um, but I was surprised that she handed it over. Because in my brain,
0: yeah. the way I remembered the scene is she shot him, not the other way around. It's just... It's another example of where they've sort of like... It doesn't make any sense for it to be Meg who gets shot. Like, it, yeah, they have already established this character. I would have thought they would want to Shoot the random. Yeah. Establishing her and shoot the random. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, she doesn't die, so, like, it's not, like... It's neither really here nor there in the end, because it's a regular gun. But it just
1: seems like a choice that she wouldn't have made, I guess. Like, she's... We know that she's competent and smart, and, like, demons don't trust anyone, really. So why she would hand over a weapon that could kill her is kind of surprising to me. But, look... Because you never find out who
0: that other random demon is. Nah, he's, like, completely irrelevant. Yeah. Um, Which, like, again, that's why it's, like weird to me and especially considering the gun doesn't even kill them yeah because it's a fake i don't understand why they shot meg it goes against sort of what they've sort of started building on for her character i do love though that it gives her a reason to be quite
1: riled up and like shitty and like she says to john like i'm not really in the mood i've just been shot and it's like i love that it gives her that like bitchy edge like (laughs) like a good reason to just be like i am not here to play fucking games with you i am here for what I want, and then you can just get out. Okay,
0: so I think I've left my PSA to the last minute again. Yeah. <laughs> I seem to keep doing that. Very on brand, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any theories this week as to what my PSA is? All the PSA options
1: I could think of for this episode are PSAs you've already done. Like, don't split up, and don't be on the phone while driving, and you know various uh, pieces of advice you've given over the
0: last season. Okay, are you ready for it? I'm so ready. Have open lines of communication with your children. If you expect them to tell you about important life events, like them becoming psychic, (laughs) you have to answer the phone to them. Yeah. Good parenting is key here. Yeah, communication. If you you want them to, like, respect you and you want them to tell you things and secrets that they've only just found out about, you have to answer the phone when they call. Otherwise, they physically cannot do it.
1: I love that. So your PSA is both be honest and open with your children. Also have good communication and also answer your fucking phone. Yeah. I love but not it. while you're driving. But not while you're driving. That's very important. Yeah. <laughs> very important, caveat. Yeah. Yep, no, that's fair. I don't think uh, I don't think that one needs any more elaboration. Yeah. I think that's pretty much alone. In that case, unless you have anything else you wanted to add, I think I'm pretty much
0: I'm all done for the day, I'm all summed done. up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how would you rate this episode out of five? think i'm gonna give this episode a four really i would give it a three and a half but there's so much meg i'm giving it the extra half a point okay so the uh, the boost is from meg the yeah boost is from meg. <laughs> i do love meg yeah to be fair most of the points are for meg yeah yeah three of the four <laughs>
1: three of the four stars are for meg i love that okay cool did you want to elaborate on that or
0: are you happy to just leave it as three stars for meg one star for everything else <laughs> look i actually really enjoy this episode yeah it's maybe not it's not my favorite episode so far is that still bloody mary i think yeah i think i actually rated bloody mary lower than other episodes though which is like weird because i think looking back bloody mary is probably my favorite episode of the season of the season so far. but you know there was no weird pacing issues with this episode like the lighting wasn't great but it also did have some really genuinely gorgeous shots in there of like like the stained glass and all that sort of stuff There are a few plot holes, but none of them were so massive that I was, like, driven to insanity by them. Like, none of them were severe enough that I fell down the rabbit hole of, like, needing to know, like, the answers for it to make any goddamn sense. Yeah. Like, as a whole, the plot line was cohesive. It made sense. It was okay. Like, it was good, you know? Cool. It's not, like, five out of five stars, and if it didn't have Meg, it would have only been three and a half. But...
1: (laughs) Perfect. Well, that's, that's very positive going into the season finale, which is my next point. Um, So the finale of the season is called Devil's Trap. um, And so obviously, like, what do you think it's going to be? But also, how are you feeling? What are you thinking going into the
0: finale of the first season? Okay, so let's start on, you've asked me a lot of questions. I'm about, sorry. <laughs> you asked me like four questions in rapid fire, like one, two, three, four uh, I'll start with I think the first one was like what I expect next episode to be based on the title. Based on yeah. the title, "Devil's Trap," I'm going to assume they're going to continue hunting the demon that they are currently hunting. Like, yeah, they're not finished. It was a to be continued, so I imagine they'll pick up the storyline pretty well immediately. Yeah. I'm expecting to see more Meg because I don't think like she's not done. She's integral to this storyline, and she's not done moving forward. I think. I don't think they're going to be straight-up successful murdering the demon. That seems way too easy. But I do think they're going to work out what exactly the demon is. Okay. Like what it is, what it's after, why it's targeting the children it's targeting, why they have to be six months old, why it targeted Jess. Like, I think they're going to start getting some of those answers. Mm. I don't know if they'll necessarily get them all in the next episode, but I definitely think that we're going to start seeing some of them coming into the out of the woodworks. Quickly um, on that before you carry on, I realized I
1: forgot to ask you something. Uh we know, and you mentioned earlier that we know Mega's a demon because of her black eyes. When they see the demon over the baby, um they show yellow eyes. Did so maybe it's not a demon. Yeah, I, I just I wanted to just like point that out because you just said like what it is, but like we know it's a demon, but like also it Is it a demon? It clearly doesn't have black eyes like yeah. we know demons do. So I just wanted to Or make sure the different species of it demon like the a street is a different species of vampire. vampire yeah i just wanted to make sure that that was something that you'd notice because it is actually kind of important going yeah. forward so well, i did
0: notice that it looked different to the demons that we'd seen before yeah i didn't think it was significant enough to note on it though okay no worries I because just like to... i just figured like you know like i'm assuming they're not all identical like not all demons are exactly the same because they reference this in phantom traveler when they're talking about how it's, like, a Japanese demon, mm, yeah. and how, like, each culture has different traditions around them, and how demons are, like, similar across them, but they, they are also different. Yeah.
1: Anyway, I just thought I would toss that in there and make sure that that was something that you had noticed, because it is relatively important moving forward.
0: But anyway, sorry, please carry on going into the finale. I think they're not going to get all the answers right away, but they will start to get some answers, like, creeping out at Woodworks mm-hmm. in terms of actually understanding what this is rather than just it's a monster we gotta kill it you yeah. know yeah because i think that's so like that's certainly where they come at a lot of things like that's their angle like it's a monster we've got to kill it mm-hmm. and it's sort of like they don't stop to reflect on like well what does the monster want like they, they very much focus on like what is it how is it formed and how can we kill it yeah and that's what it focuses on not like well how does it you know kill people why does it kill people Mm. what is like the motivation like they don't really focus on that sort of thing in an everyday hunt and i think it's going to be uh, important for them to understand what the monster actually is yeah by asking themselves those questions versus just like what is it how do we kill it like they need somewhere to start from yeah so until they understand what it is and why it's doing what it's doing they can't really kill it
1: cool Okay, well, I think that just about does it. If you wanted to interact with us a little bit more, um, feel free to give us a follow on Twitter over at DriverPixPod. You can interact with Jamie over there, send her some of your favourite season one relevant Meg theories. You know, I'm sure she'd be more than happy to stand Meg with you over there. Meg stands unite.
0: <laughs> Hashtag Meg stand for life. <laughs> with like the number four, not. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and life with a Y. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, obviously. It's 2005. You've got to remember that. Mm-hmm. And if you want to interact with Bethany, she's over on Tumblr at Driver Picks, the Podcast. And I'm sure she just really wants to know some, like, logistical things about holy water. Like, what are your <laughs> theories about holy water? Like, how much do you think you can bless at a time? What are the limitations of holy water? At what point does it stop being holy water and becomes regular water? Here's my hot take. Holy water, water balloons.
1: Or just holy water balloons. I feel like, you're like, we have grenades, pff, who needs them? Holy water balloons. That's where it's at. <laughs> Sorry. That just-, just sounds like a
0: religious water fight.
1: <laughs> I mean, I guess that's essentially what it is. Oh, man. All right. Anyway, thank you so much for listening.
0: Yeah, we had a great time recording this for you today, so yeah. hopefully, you had a great time listening to it.
1: Hopefully, you enjoyed, and uh, we'll be back next week for the season one finale. Wow, look at that. We're getting so far already, Beth. Oh, God. Did you ever think there'd be a time when you'd finish watching a whole season of Supernatural voluntarily? No, and I can still stop it now. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.